0: Well, good morning it is great being back here in the pulpit in eureka our well, today's sermon is titled thirsty and it's based on exodus 17 which you just heard and john 4 verse 5 through 15. well the journey this morning will take us from being thirsty for water as a basic need of life to morphing into thirst of our inner soul. While growing up in a flat country like Holland, virtually everybody rides bicycles. And the only rise in elevation in the area where I grew up were the local dunes along the seashore. Now watching the Tour de France as a youngster we admired those riders climbing those huge mountains in, in, in the Alps. And one summer, two friends and I, we loaded up the car, and we went to visit the Tour de France in the Alps. And we actually climbed up Alpe d'Huez. Anybody heard of Alp d'Huez before? Well, Alp d'Huez is one of those famous uh, mountain stage finishes on top of a big mountain in the middle of the Alps called Alp d'Huez. Well, we had trained at home in those dunes. But soon we realized, once we got into uh, the Alps, that we were ill-prepared to climb Alp d'Huez. As a matter of fact, Alp d'Huez has 21 switchbacks, uh, growing up this epic climb. And they are numbered was 21 on the bottom, and then finally, close to the top, we got switchback number one. Well, by the time we, fit, we, 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 we passed that first switchback, number 21, we fell off our bikes. And we were exhausted and thirsty, and we needed a drink. Then the next day, we saw the professional riders. Who had been on their bikes for six hours already climbing up el Duez and it was quite a sight watching these guys with absolutely no color in their faces completely exhausted thirsting as they struggled those last few miles going up to the finish line then after immigrating to the United States in 1983, when I came here, I bought an old 10-speed bicycle for less than $100, and I started climbing around all the local hills here in, 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 uh, between Arcata and Eureka. It was really fun, much higher than those dunes. And I vividly remember one Sunday afternoon, I had only been in to town for a couple of months, and I hopped on that old bike and I started climbing Fickle Hill, which is a real workout even on a good bike. <laughs> and once I got to the top of the, the, uh, the ridge and the terrain somewhat leveled out, I just kept going and going and going for about 10 miles. And at one point the road came to an end and there was a sign, Eureka! 16 miles, or Maple Creek, seven miles. Well, not knowing the area very well, 16 miles to Eureka seemed like a long race, knowing that once I got there, I had to drive another six miles back to Arcata. So I made the silly decision to take a left to Maple Creek, all the way down for seven miles, just cruising. Feeling good. Once I got to Maple Creek, I realized the mistake that I had made. Here I was driving on this old crappy bicycle. No food. And more importantly, nothing to drink anymore. I had a few dollars in my pocket. Anybody who has been to Maple Creek, there is not a place to buy anything there. So here I was in the middle of nowhere with this unquenchable thirst. Then, crossing the Mad River, there was another sign Blue Lake, 17 miles. <laughs> now, going back uphill again, crossing two mountain ranges, climbing a total elevation of almost 2,200 feet. This bicycle trip brought me close to hallucination. I was totally dehydrated and had nothing to drink. Being thirsty was an understatement. More than two hours later, I finally made it to Blue Lake, ready for a drink. Now thirst can leave vivid memories even 33 years later. But speaking of thirst and memories, there are 54 references in the Bible about thirst and being thirsty, 40 in the Old Testament alone, and the most notable passage in the Old Testament comes from Exodus 17, where Moses finds himself in the desert with 2 million fellow Israelites. It is hot and it is dry and there is no water. This account in Exodus is so significant in Jewish history that the books of Deuteronomy, Numbers, Psalms, Nehemiah, and Isaiah all refer to this amazing event. The people complained. And were overcome with this incredible thirst. And they said to Moses, give us water to drink. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? To kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst. It brings Moses to near despair. He cries out to the Lord. What shall I do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. Then the Lord said to Moses, take in your hand the staff, with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. You strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so so that the people may drink. Moses did so, and the water came rushing out. Now, there is compelling evidence that the rock that provided water to those Israelites may still be there today. Last year, in sermon number 13, we talked about this, and it could possibly be located at the base of a mountain that today is called Jebel el-Laz in Saudi Arabia. This miracle ultimately saved the 12 tribes of Israel the two million Israelites from thirst and starvation now water is a fundamental need to life and in the fourth chapter in the gospel of John Jesus takes you to a whole new dimension in the story of the woman at the well with something very special and this brings us to today's reading on page 925 of your pew bible if you want to read along please feel free to do so John 4 5 through 15 so he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired out by his journey was sitting by the well It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask of me, a woman of Samaria, and Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans? Jesus answers her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would, ask, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Or well, the woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing out to eternal life the woman said to him sir give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water well folks this famous passage in John 4 highlights that Jesus was traveling from Jerusalem to Galilee John's gospel is unique in recording multiple trips between Jerusalem in the, in the south and Galilee in the north. None of the other three gospels uh, record that. He traveled through Samaria on one of these trips and he is thirsty and exhausted. He stops at his well, runs into a Samaritan woman. But then Jesus offers a special type of living water to the Samaritan woman, a non-Jew, a Gentile, essentially opening the door to anyone who asks. He says, had you asked, I would have given you living water. But what does he mean? with living water. Just like the water from these bottles in front of us here quenches our thirsty tongues when we are dehydrated and getting weak and exhausted, so living water quenches the soul, our inner being. Now we all know folks around us, family, friends, neighbors, or co-workers that at some point, for some reason, became dissolutions with religion, with the church, with legalism and hypocrisy. In the book Jesus Insight, author Will Smith quotes, if there is a problem with Christianity, It were always the Christians, but never Christ. Jesus actually despised the legalism of the Pharisees. But for many of our friends, the scars of the past are deep. Yet, souls are still thirsty. Last month, I talked to a wonderful lady. She does a lot of good works for the poor around the world. And she told me, I grew up in the Catholic church, attending Catholic nun school, and I got burned out by the disparities I saw in every aspect of the religion. Not sure what I am now, I do believe there is an infinite being that guides us regardless of the title of our religion. Then, just last week, I heard from a listener to the website in in, in Arcada, and and she wrote, I had some philosophical issues with organized religion, but love exploring most forms of theology and spirituality. Dear friends, I empathize and can relate to folks who turned away from the church, and organized religion. I even did so myself for a while. But ultimately, I became thirsty. A few months ago, I talked to someone in Eureka who told me she was an atheist, but she loves to hang out with this Italian family and engage in deep conversations. She was drawn to something that she couldn't quite describe. She witnessed this gushing spring of peace and joy in that family, in that Italian family. Then I saw her in church a while back. And she said she enjoyed being around folks in a church community. Deep down, I sensed a thirst For a deeper purpose. A thirst for an inner self. A thirst of the soul. Jesus said, those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring of gushing up. A spring of water gushing up. eternal life well at 5.30 in the morning on my way to work on Saturday mornings I enjoy listening to a program called first person interviews and last fall they interviewed Lee Strobel the legal editor of the Chicago Tribune he was an unwavering atheist who used his skills as an award-winning journalist to try to disprove Christianity. His investigation to demonstrate that there was no resurrection and that Christianity was a hoax began when his wife Leslie became a Christian. Strobel said he was disappointed, but also amazed by the changes that he saw in his wife. He said, I was pleasantly surprised, even fascinated by the fundamental changes in her character, her integrity, and her personal confidence, like this gushing stream from within. He was so impacted by these changes that he felt compelled to search the Bible, to figure out. How these positive differences came about. He launched an all-out examination into the facts surrounding the case for Christianity. His findings led him to become a believer in Christ himself. He wrote a best-selling book called The Case for Christ, and that book has made it to the big screen movie. It will be released next month on April 7th. The more Strobel read and researched into his quest for the truth, the more his thirsty soul was drawn to Jesus, drenching it with living water. Jesus said, drink from this living water and you will never thirst. Now in John 7.37, Jesus is back in Jerusalem again, this time attending a festival, the festival of the booth, the equivalent of Thanksgiving. And while he is there, he cries out, let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scriptures have said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now, isn't this interesting? We move from a gushing spring in John 4 to rivers of living water in John 7. Well, 17 years ago we started growing in Willow Creek. Crops like Ilex, and rosehips, and cotinus, snowball fibrinam. And this farm had a very small spring, a spring inadequate to to provide the water for all the plants getting thirsty in 90-plus degree temperatures in the summertime. So we tried drilling a well, and as we went deeper and deeper, we got into the bedrock. And at one point, we even encountered some natural gas but very little water at least not enough to support a 20-acre farm. So the prospects for water were not good. Then someone pointed to the Trinity River flowing right through the property. We got a riparian permit from the state and we have been blessed to grow some of the most beautiful crops at this ranch ever since. Now, while the spring didn't suffice, The river of water giving life to all those plants did. God gave Moses and the Israelites water as a basic need to live. In the Gospel of John, Jesus asked a woman at the well for the same thing. But in an interesting twist, he turns the table and suggests, if you would have asked me, I would have given you living water well see these these beautiful iris here this morning iris love water i tell the agronomists all the time iris are water plants if we don't give iris enough water the plant may look the same but inside the bud dries up and it will not bloom but with enough water they grow like these beautiful flowers like fruit of a well nourished soul and so it is with us if we don't ask or seek we will not receive but when we open our hearts to the Lord he will drench us with living water that living water that is gushing up from inside that Samaritan woman, spilling out of her like a flowing fountain. That living water bubbling up and pouring out of her saturated spirit so that everyone who came in contact with her couldn't help but get soaked as well. Just like Lee Strobel and his wife Leslie. This kind of drenching genuine transformation that comes from accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior is the kind that waters everyone in its path. Lee Strobel today, he's now an evangelist, he's speaking around the world. The living water that drenched his soul is now working to transform others. On the last few weeks, we have seen those images of the dam at Lake Oroville, with 100,000 cubic feet per second barreling down that spillway right into the Federal River. Imagine all that as the, living, as the river of living water. The power of that water coming down the spillway is like the power the Holy Spirit ladies and gentlemen we ask our Lord Jesus to give us living water living water to quench our thirsty souls living water bringing the love of God living water healing our souls Living water bringing peace like a river to the world. Living water providing joy into our hearts. Living water offering salvation and the promise of eternal life. My friends, Jesus is seeking to flood the thirstiest parts within us with water that will forever change us. Jesus is at the well offering each and every one of us transformation and you don't need any of these bottles to capture. This water is continuously pouring down like a spillway, like that spillway at the Oroville Dam or the 50 inches of rain that we received in the last five months in Humboldt County. Lift our heads. Open our mouth and let that living water soak our souls. Amen.